0: everyone, it's Frank and
1: Jackie Ritz, and
0: we are from the Paleo Mama, and we are here with Essential Oil Healthcare Radio, and we cannot wait to bring you this show today. It is going to be a great deal of fun. We're going to talk about gut health today, isn't that right?
1: Yes. So excited to talk about your gut.
0: Well, the reason why we want to talk about your gut is because honestly, guys, you have probably heard before that gut health is appropriate, and necessary for proper overall health. And honestly, if you don't take care of yourself in that regards, it is going to lead to a slew of different problems. And so we really want to talk about gut health today because we think it's foundational. And honestly, a lot of people may not even be focusing on what might be going on with their gut and wondering why they're having this multitude of different symptoms and problems.
1: Well, and wasn't it Hippocrates who said... All health originates in your gut.
0: Or let thy food be thy medicine. he said that one too. Yeah, so, well, and then, of course, you can't necessarily say that he said it, because I heard that someone said that Hippocrates might not have been the author of that. But needless to say, there are truth in both of those, regardless of who actually said it. And so we wanted to start off with some of the ways that we can... Let's start off with describing what the microbiome or what the actual little microbes that are inside of our gut, what they are responsible for, okay? Because there has been lots of studies done in the last couple of decades that have shown uh, a lot of different originations of situations that arise from issues within the gut. To include, like, mental health can actually be affected uh, if you do not have an appropriate gut response. There's a big large amount of data and large amount of studies being produced that actually show the link between the gut and mental health.
1: And emotions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one time it was extremely, when we look at our gut, we don't necessarily think about what it really is. So let's talk about the function of the gut, right? So we start off from the mouth going all the way to the backside. It is literally one long tube that is wrapped around itself many times over, has a couple of different areas that it's got to pass through, but its entire purpose is to extract the nutrients out of our food in order to be able to deliver those nutrients into the bloodstream to make it to every cell in our body. Well, with that being said, when you think about how essential oils may service every cell of the body, it is absolutely true, but the foods that you eat are going to service every cell of your body. Good, bad, or indifferent, and so we need to consider where the actual nutritive value of the food is really where the where the rubber meets the road, if you will. And so, once it passes through the mouth, goes into the stomach. Yes, it starts the purpose of digestion to make it into even smaller, more molecular size uh, particles. But once it really gets down into that small intestine, is where a lot of the magic happens. And everyone in their small intestine has a microbiome. And the microbiome is actually the types of microorganisms that are currently living inside of your gut. Uh, there are bacteria that is part of that microbiome inside of your gut. That bacteria is, uh, is E. coli. And, you know, when you hear the word E. coli, you might be thinking about the bad forms of E. coli that you may have heard on the news, uh, you know, with undercooked beef or something like that from a restaurant causing a really, really bad reaction in a person that may in fact make them hospitalized. Unfortunately, a couple of people have died from that bad type of E. coli. Well, that is a subtype of E. coli whereas the E. coli that we currently have along with some other things like you know acidophilus and um, some bacto species like what those are is those are beneficial bacteria that help digest the food and a byproduct is also vitamin k and so anyway I say all that because there is this think of like a scale right so you've got Good bacteria technically battling with bad bacteria or other bad flora inside of the gut. And there is a constant battle for space going on. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that our microbiome remains uh, with bacteria or good bacteria. And so we need to ensure that those bacteria are the ones that are proliferating because that would lead to a healthy body overall. There's one particular study that I can think of that was in the Journal of Gastroenterology and Hepatology talking about how having beneficial gut bacteria can actually improve the immune system. It can improve symptoms of, you know, depressive feelings or even anxiousness. It can actually help regulate the weight in a positive way and other many numerous benefits. So if you want to go check that out, that is online. The the researcher's name is Dr. E.M. Quigley, and so I just wanted to talk about that as well. So if you have symptoms of an unhealthy gut, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have symptoms of an unhealthy gut, we want to allu- we want to shed some light on those right now. And so Let's just couple the fact that we have a lot of stress. I mean, in our world now, there are so many different ways that we can be stressed out. Uh, we can absolutely just get into our car, have a relatively okay morning, and all of a sudden, as soon as we're driving, we're stressed. And all of those types of things can lead to poor gut health. And so if you're having some of these symptoms, you might want to go ahead and consider, do we need to go ahead and take a look at our gut health? Well, if we have like, you know, Upset stomach feeling, so like that is going to be something like your bloating or your indigestion or even, you know, frequent trips to the bathroom or not so frequent trips to the bathroom or even, you know, the occasional uh, symptoms of reflux, there might be stress as well as some issues going on inside of your gut. Let's talk about processed foods too, okay? Okay. Processed foods are really being consumed in our family, or excuse me, in our um, in our society at a very high rate. Processed foods are those foods that require some sort of change or have had chemicals added to them to ensure their uh, preservation for years to come. Uh, diet, a, a a typical diet of an American family, they eat in excess of 50% processed foods. And the crazy thing about it is that there's also something called an ultra processed food and ultra processed food are those things that like, we aren't really able to even say that they're even food. Like we may not even be able to say that they're actually food because they're sort of like the superhero of processed foods. And so this might actually lead to a lot of different um, issues with weight management and stuff like that. Another thing that you might be receiving or, or may get from inappropriate gut health is you might actually have, you know, issues with sleep. You might not be able to get to sleep very well or you're being woken up throughout your normal sleep time. It's because of the fact that there is actually a regulatory uh, hormone, which is serotonin, that and melatonin play into uh, getting appropriate sleep. The downside is, is that actually If you have a situation where you have a long-standing issue with sleep, then you may in fact actually not be creating the amounts of serotonin that you need for your body to be able to rest appropriately. One of the things that I, this is another, this is number five, but one of the things I've ever never really known about was, uh, you know, before I went to school to become a PA was skin disturbances or skin issues right so like when skin gets irritated and things like that i had no idea that that could actually be related to the foods that you eat now there's a lot more data in that because we're talking about over almost a decade ago where i actually learned that but now it's like really becoming forefront in the last probably three to five years that we know that certain foods can can be trigger foods if you will that'll cause skin irritations in people
1: and just to butt in i know you're on a roll over here frank but um I can actually attest to that. When I eat a lot of grains and gluten, my chicken skin um, kind of rears its ugly head. And so if you guys don't know what that is, it's those bumpy skin that you can have on your upper arms and your thighs. And they've linked it to different food sensitivities, in particular gluten and grains. Um, grains and gluten that haven't been prepared properly, which... Um, you know, I kind of talk more about that later, but that totally is related all to your gut. So if you have that same, you know, thing going on, i would call it chicken skin. I don't know what the real name for it is. Um, I love to use a little coconut oil, kind of rub it down a little bit, but you're masking the bigger problem. And that is just, you know, balancing your gut and taking good care of your body.
0: Keratosis pilaris. Thank you. Keratosis pilaris. Yeah, what the, he said. That's that's the that's the condition of chicken skin. But anyway, so the last couple of things I want to talk about before we kind of move into how we can go ahead and ensure that we are uh, maintaining a healthy gut is we want to look at some you know uh, immune. Uh, situations that might arise as well. So, like we may in fact actually have uh, issues with foods that are, you know, in. Not only are we becoming intolerant to these foods because a lot of what we eat these days is really not food at all, but we may actually we may also have issues with getting the appropriate nutrients as well as creating situations where our gut is um, becoming like super inflamed because of these types of foods that are processed and ultra processed.
1: And overactive immune system, right?
0: And so therefore, it's going to cause us to actually have an overactive immune system. And so we really want to let you know that there is hope and that there is things that we can do to ensure the wellness of our gut.
1: Yeah. So we'll um, give you guys a little bit of a plan to repair your gut. And I think everyone should do this. You might be listening to me like, oh, my gut's fine. I don't have any issues. Blah, blah, blah. You, you still need to you know go through different times in your life. Um, or in your year, I we kind of do it three, two to three times a year. We'll do a cleanse where we really just heal our gut. Um, but we want to share with you guys a plan for moving forward and healing your gut. And so um, it's super easy to remember: one, you're going to remove foods; two, you're going to replace foods; three, you're going to repair your body with supplements; and then four, you're going to rebalance with probiotics. And so the first one is remove certain foods. And I think Frank touched on that briefly. But um, if you're new to, you know, the whole real food movement, let me kind of break it down for you. Eating real food is eating food that is as close to natural as possible. It's, you know, think about how our ancestors ate and how, you know, people back in the, you know, 500 BC ate. You want to eat food that is GMO free, that is not synthetic, that doesn't have added to additives to it, and that especially stay away from conventional dairy products. So these are the top, you know, toxic exposures that you can have in relation to food. And of course, you know, in. Unclean water, you know, take a look at your water and your tap water that you're drinking. That's another great way that you can really um, heal your gut is by just getting a good source of water into your body since our body is, what, 80% water? At
0: least. Mm -hmm.
1: So you want to remove certain foods from your diet and then... Secondly, well, sorry,
0: something just popped in the Yeah, body. go ahead. Yeah, it's about 55 to 65% water. So oh, okay. I just had to do that because, yeah. You
1: agreed with 80%, but, though.
0: I did, um, but anyway, it's neither here nor there. let <laughs> we'll just I, say that we're over, <laughs> how about this? We can agree to, we are at least half water.
1: There you go. There you go. Okay. So then secondly, you want to replace your gut-damaging foods with healthy foods that are going to be good for your gut. And so this is my expertise. I love, love, love talking about good, healthy, real food. Um, My website is The Paleo Mama. And my whole transformation into eating more natural and living more natural started with the food that we ate as a family. And so some really great foods that you can start adding to your diet that are going to help repair your gut as you are removing those bad foods, bone broth. Bone broth. I can't speak enough good things about bone broth. And if you can't make it, there's so many good sources in the store now to buy it. Even Walmart has great uh, grass-fed bone broth in the freezer section. comes in a little bag. I don't know the brand of it. But even Kettle and Fire, it's another— Kettle and
0: Fire is fantastic. Now,
1: that's a shelf-stable one. So when we were in our RV traveling in the United States for a year— That was what we used if I didn't feel like stinking up the whole RV with uh, instant pot bone broth. So, if you can't make it, there's so many great sources to buy it. And what bone broth does, it's really high in collagen and it's really high in amino acids. And these are going to really help to repair the cells of your skin or your, you know, your interior lining inside your digestive system. Um, next is what other healing foods, honey, Uh, fermented vegetables, fermented
0: foods. I was just about to say.
1: So this isn't buying pickles from the aisle number five, okay? This is fermented foods have to be refrigerated. So you can get these. um, Bubbies is a really great brand that you can get. Those are amazing pickles if you've never had them. And their sauerkraut is so good. But it's actually super easy to make fermented foods like sauerkraut and kimchi, pickles, and beet kvass. Um, All you really do is put your vegetables in a jar, top it with salt water, and boom, in like three or four days, you have some delicious, you know, fermented vegetables. So very cheap to make if you can't buy it as well.
0: And if I could speak to the amount of Good bacteria that's created. Um, Another really wonderful source is uh, even tempeh. Tempeh can actually Mm -hmm. be fermented as well. It's uh, something that the Japanese have been eating for hundreds to thousands of years, and it's called natto kinase or natto, and uh, it's fantastic for appropriate gut health. And the reason why we want to eat fermented foods is, yes, there are some supplements, and we will talk about those here in a few, that you can consider it, it, to adding as well, but when you eat a food that has been fermented, then what you're looking at, by the way, one just popped into my brain again, kombucha even, if you kombucha. want to add, but, Um So anyway, when you eat fermented foods, what you're looking at is you're looking at not just possibly billions of successfully wonderful, amazing, awesome, yummy bacteria, but you can be getting into the trillions at that point. Mm -hmm. And when you're actually um, getting yourself a really good uh, version of those types of probiotics, uh, those are going to absolutely stimulate the appropriate response and it's going to really rev up your gut health.
1: Absolutely. Um, So next is really just focusing in on your dairy. Now if you eat dairy, we always have encouraged people to choose raw dairy. Now it's kind of a, I don't think it's very controversial anymore, but 10 years ago when we started, you know, looking for raw milk, I would seriously be behind the parking lot of Walmart and it's like doing drug deals. But now it's more accepted, it's more widely available, and raw milk is Amazing for your body and really just for your gut. It's loaded with vitamins and different kinds of um, fatty acids and probiotics, especially if it's cultured. Now, you can go on realmilk.com and see if there's a local source near you, but just make sure it comes from a clean farm that uses great sanitary practices you know we have our own milk goats and we drink the milk from that and that's raw milk so it's milk that has not been um
0: homogenized or pasteurized,
1: pasteurized. Homogenized and, and pasteurized. if all of you listening haven't ever heard the whole raw milk debate i'm going to make it super short for you pasteurization was created back in the 50s or 60s because they even before that was it before that
0: it was just louis pasteur
1: yeah, it was around the 40s or 50s. It was
0: actually like early 1900s. Aww. The reason why I say that They're is so because smart. No, the reason why I say that is because the pasteurization process was created to preserve the milk.
1: Yes, the because, problem is, though, and they wanted to get away with more unsanitary practices in farming. So they wanted more cows in one lot. They wanted to be able to shove more antibiotics and food into them so that they would grow quicker, give more milk, blah, blah, blah. And in order to do that, they had to really make sure the milk was clean afterwards. They don't care about how they raised the animal before and during, but they wanted to make sure afterwards they gave the milk a nice, you know, pasteurization and then, boom, it's completely safe for you to
0: use. Yeah, it's a way – by, by extremely heating it uh, to where, you know, the correct temperatures. We won't get into the procedure of how it's done. But essentially what that does is knocks out both good and bad bacteria – So that's one negative. Mm -hmm. And then it also messes up and denatures proteins. When I say denature a protein, guys, I'm talking about like when you put an egg inside of a pan and you cook it, the reason why the the white yolk or excuse me, the white portion of the egg goes to from clear to white is because you're denaturing those proteins. And so you're essentially doing the same exact thing when you pasteurize milk. And so a couple of things when it comes to milk, if I may, that I wanted to highlight was going to realmilk.com is a great place but also make sure that you check with your state because there are different states that widely are okay with the sell of raw milk and then there's some states that will do something called a cow share or a milk share or a dairy share and so you can like go in with a couple of different families but But make sure you just check the legality according to your state
1: but you can pretty much get it in any state Um, but if you are actively repairing your gut we recommend that you use cultured dairy Cultured dairy is like yogurt and kefir. Um, it's loaded with probiotics and extremely gut healing. Um, and you can make these super easy yourself, or you can buy them um, from your local realmilk.com farmer. Um, if your state does allow the sale of raw milk, you probably can find raw milk uh, yogurt or kefir in your grocery store. But you, if, Even across the board, you can find cultured butter in most any grocery store today, and that is another great cultured dairy product that you can use. And
0: I mean like we're only speaking about being proponents of milk because we ourselves drink it. Obviously if you have problems with lactose and stuff like that. There are still other really great ways that you can go ahead and incorporate these uh these these foods that will absolutely work against um any of the traumatic traumatic things that we may have created, you know, in causing our, our gut flora to be, you know, swung in a in a negative way. Mm-hmm. So we can absolutely do that as well.
1: Yeah, so next we're going to talk with you guys about how to repair your gut with certain supplements.
0: All right, so when I think about supplements, there are a couple that really, really have come to mind that have absolutely done a great job in my particular health. And so, you know, I spoke with eating about, or, you know, eating those harm, or excuse me, those, um, those fermented foods, right? And when we talk about fermented foods, we're still talking about, these things are teeming with uh, good bacteria. So starting off with a really good, Fermented food regimen, you know, I eat it a couple of times a week. I'll add it to a salad. Um, sometimes I'll just grab the pouch and I'll just take a scoop of it and I'll eat one or two scoops of it right there on the spot as a quick snack. Uh, if, if fermented foods are something that you want to slowly introduce, but you want to do something positive for yourself, consider maybe starting some probiotics. You want to be able to get something that's going to be in excess of about 50 billion colony forming units per day the reason why we want to make sure that we use enough is because when we consider the harsh environment of the stomach it's acidic in nature and unfortunately some of those bacteria can be killed off by the hydrochloric acid that's in our bellies so we ensure that we take a probiotic with a enteric Coating, meaning that it can pass through the harsher stomach environment and make its way down into the gut where it's actually going to be able to grow and, and do some benefit for us.
1: And when you're in repair mode, um, that's when you need that 50 to 100 billion units. But when you're in a maintenance mode, we really love the PB Assist uh, probiotic from doTERRA because it's a <coughs> lower colony Six billion units. It's lower and it's more of a maintenance uh, probiotic that you can take, and it's inner If you've ever kind of cut your probiotic opened and looked at it, it has an inner uh, capsule that's green, which is loaded with chlorophyll. So it's a very great, you know, maintenance probiotic that you can take. But when you're actively repairing your gut, you know, you might need to up it. To a higher dose of a probiotic for one to two weeks. Yeah,
0: no, thank you for that clarification because yeah, we um, I, I I take that for granted because of course we're now in maintenance phase, so, right? Yeah, it's it's if you're if you're looking to do so, Jackie like is absolutely spot on. Like after a cleanse
1: on. is a really great time to take a higher dose probiotic
0: because you need to re-establish. Another way, um, this will this is the the medical background in me. Um, if you do have a need for antibiotics, like say you do get an infection of some sort and you need to be treated with antibiotics, I absolutely recommend to you get on probiotics after your antibiotics are over because the antibiotics are going to go in there and they're going to take care of both good and bad bacteria. They're going to remove the bad bacteria that might be causing that infection, but then you need to repopulate with the good bacteria. So probiotics after antibiotics is also very much recommended. Uh, Digestive enzymes are crucial. And I would offer to you that there's at least nine that I can think of that are essential to appropriate. Uh, You know, eating, if you will, and I know that I don't get them all. I know that I don't get all of the uh, ones that are going to break down all the different starches, all the different uh, proteins, all the different uh, milk sugars or other carbohydrate sources. Uh, I know that I'm not getting the ones that are breaking down gluten effectively if I do happen to get some gluten in my diet. So essentially, digestive enzymes can be there. You make sure that they're whole food based, that way they can be present in your gut to help create the uh, breakdown of those foods in your gut so your body can actually uh, absorb them more effectively.
1: Yeah, so um, there's a couple really great herbs that you can take as well. Um, And some of them, actually, if you follow me on Facebook or through my blog or our newsletter, maybe Frank can link that in the comments below in the description, but if you get on that, you'll see that I posted a mushroom hot chocolate recipe yesterday that is absolutely to die for. Um, you know, I've learned the medicinal benefits of mushrooms over the past few years since having our own farm. We find all different kinds of mushrooms reishi, um, what did we just find? Chicken of the woods, just lion's mane, so many great mushrooms. And so I created a recipe that uses mushrooms, but also has. An amazing herb called marshmallow. Now, yes, marshmallow is the original marshmallow confectionery that was used before they turned to corn syrup. It is a very thick and lubricating herb. So it's so good for your gut because what it does is it goes in and it literally coats your digestive system and starts to heal it. And so it's um, it, we call it a demulcent or a mucilin muc. What's that word? Mucilinaceous herb. It's very thick. It's a really hard herb to take on its own because it is like drinking a very thin snot. <laughs> Um, But what it does, it just is super lubricating. So if you add marshmallow root powder to your hot chocolate, not only does it, uh, it's great for your digestive system and your gut, it's going to coat it, but it also gives it the really slight flavor of marshmallow. So it's a very healthy hot chocolate recipe that you and your kids can enjoy all winter long.
0: I tell you what, I love the fact that you became an herbalist.
1: Oh, well, I love it too.
0: That's so wonderful. It's like you've just opened up our family to a bunch of really new and innovative ways to... to just be Just healthy. Sneak to be healthy. Things, yeah. too. Hey, because I'll tell you what, like, that's how it works, guys. I mean, you'll hear me say this many times, but obviously we know that there are certain things that we should be doing that are good for our health, but if they don't taste good, we're not even going to touch them. You know, I, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, we're not going to do it. And so I wanted to round this out really quick with talking about, uh, also, let's talk about mental health for a little bit, right? Because I talked about how stress can Um, you know, wreak havoc, uh, in your system as well. And so we want to make sure that we actually consider different ways to help combat stress. Well, Getting a good workout regimen is going to be, is going to be good. And I like to just cause, you know, call, call it the world is your gym. Uh, get a good brisk walk in, uh, most days of the week, play with your kids, uh, energetically clean your home, you know, do things that are going to get you up, get you moving, and it will absolutely give you a, a, a renewed spirit. Uh, you know, doing some meditation, getting into scripture, um, getting a massage, spending time with loved ones instead of being on Facebook are all really good ways of being able to do that. There are also essential oils that we can consider for helping with our stress, right? We can, uh, diffuse, uh, different ones like lemon. Lemon is a, you know, lemon or other citrus oils is really great for combating stress and, and changing your outlook and your aspect, uh, in life. And so we want to do that, uh, very regularly. Okay. We also want to make sure that we're getting enough sleep. Um, sleep when we don't get it, it causes a multitude of different situations, none of which are going to be great. And when we deal with, uh, you know, chronic, or excuse me, what I should say, like long standing sleep issues is that our body can't heal itself. And so we can do all these really wonderful things, not sleeping well, really not doing anything for our body. So we need to make sure that we were getting seven to preferably eight hours of good, fun, amazing sleep every single evening.
1: So, a couple other oils that are really, really great for you um, as you're repairing your gut. Um, I want to just talk about my favorite new one, and that's fennel. Fennel was, is a very underused essential oil. Um, many of you probably haven't even purchased it yet, but I want to encourage you guys to do it because it is a amazing. Uh, herb and oil for helping with anything related to your bowels and to your digestive system. In fact, um, I love this oil and herb so much now. We have a little bowl sitting on the kitchen counter with fennel seed, and we frequently just nibble on it before or after our meals just because it helps just digest your food and just really helps with any of that uncomfortable digestive issues that you could have. Before or after you eat your food. So I really want to encourage you guys to get some fennel. Use it. You can actually apply it topically onto your belly, um, and put you know putting it in a roller bottle. You can do for your kids. You can also put it in a diffuser. If you've never tasted fennel, you're in for a treat because it is a very sweet oil. And in fact, if you want to come off sugar, you can sweeten your coffee or tea with a drop of fennel. Um, but that's one of my favorite oils to use for anything related to the digestive system.
0: Yeah, and then there's a couple of others that have come to mind: um, coriander is one of them. Mm-hmm. Cardamom. A lot of folks use cardamom for respiratory health, but you can actually use it for gut health as well. It is uh, phenomenal for being able to help with the, uh, the feelings of indigestion and bloating and you know the, the occasional cramp that you might feel and stuff like that, especially if you've overindulged, which is really a good pro tip for this coming holiday season.
1: Another thing that cardamom does is it helps to balance your stomach acid. And the juices in your gastric system. And so, um, that's why, you know, it's added to teas and it's added to even chai tea. It's one of our favorite ones. We love putting cardamom in it, but it really helps to balance, um, if you have issues with your stomach acid before you or after you eat something take a little cardamom, put a drop in your tea, and it's really going to help um, regulate those gastric acids that can come up.
0: And, uh, and and I love, like I said, putting lemon in a diffuser is really great, but lemon is very cleansing. Uh, it's really great for liver health, as well as gut health. It actually will help cleanse the uh, mucus membranes uh, down inside of your gut as well, uh, allowing it to uh, respond and, and function the way that it's supposed to. And all the essential oils that we talked about, uh, we actually could even consider using those in a blend called Digest Zen, which is really nice because uh, those oils to include peppermint, which Jackie's going to talk about in just one second, is a great way to complement you to be able to have really great gut health.
1: Yeah, peppermint is my Swiss army oil. It's used for hundreds of different things. But um, the ways that I like to use peppermint, it's excellent for cravings. And so if you are on this um, journey of healing your gut and you've eliminated foods, you might crave some of those old foods that you used to eat. Um, And so uh, peppermint is excellent at helping manage those cravings. It's also so great for any kind of feelings of nauseousness. So um, I get carsick take the peppermint oil with me and I always make sure to have it on hand because it really does an excellent job at just um, helping me not to feel that that way. Um, You can apply this oil topically. You can You know, take it internally if you're using therapeutic grade oils like doTERRA. And um, it's an excellent Swiss Army oil that you just definitely want to have around your home.
0: Absolutely awesome. So thank you so much for sharing with me today, Jackie. That was just really so so good. Um, You have taught me so much about gut health. And that's the reason why I consider and I can speak about it. But what's awesome is that if you're listening to us in the car, uh, you know, hit that rewind button or that track back. And you can always re-listen to this because hopefully there's been a bunch of really awesome, some nuggets uh, in there for you to be able to work on your journey toward uh, proper gut health. We ask you to um, share this podcast with others. Uh, Share this with somebody that you know uh, may need a little bit of help, if you will, if they've been wondering mysteriously how they can actually support their health in a very, very positive way. uh, Share this podcast with them. And I cannot wait to be able to bring all these other really good topics that we're going to be bringing to for the rest of the month, uh, it's crazy. It's almost Halloween already. It is, and so we need to be thinking about. So this all was of a the- good
1: episode for people.
0: That's it, because we know that uh, Halloween's coming up next Wednesday. And so, uh, and so, we want to make sure that you are armed for taking your little ones out to uh, venture and possibly eat a little bit of candy, which never hurts anybody, but not too much, guys, because like we said about processed and ultra-processed foods, those are completely chock full of our wonderful candy bars. So, um, let them indulge just a little bit to be a kid, but then after that, let's get right back to, you know, maintaining appropriate gut health.
1: We buy our kids candy. It's sad, but it works. So the day after, we'll say, all right, what do you have left? Well, first on Halloween, we pretty much just let them binge. And then the next day, we're like, all right, well, how much candy do you have? And let's buy it back, and you guys can pick out an awesome toy. So. Oh, yeah,
0: whatever way it works. That way it that works. works for us. That way it works for us is that we'll do that. You can donate it to dentists. Dentists yeah. like to collect that stuff and send it to, to folks that are in need. Um, so that's a really good way of actually doing it as well. So whatever way it works for your family is, is awesome. So if you enjoyed that podcast... Please make sure that you hit that subscribe button and make sure that you are bringing yourself this content. We want to ensure that you are getting all of the information that we're going to have in this podcast as well as any other podcast while you are listening on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening us to. We thank you. We love you guys. And we cannot wait to hear you and see you and love on you a little bit more on our next podcast. Thanks, everybody.